Reducing Your Workload with Fractional Executive Assistance with Valerie Trapunsky, Episode 282. Are you ready to make your law firm a profit-generating machine that will free up your time and skyrocket your impact? With more than two decades of business growth experience and having proven that you can be successful while prioritizing your family and your impact, introducing the Profit with Law podcast. I am your host, the creator of the firm differentiator 10x effect, Moshe Amsel. Well, hello and welcome to another amazing guest interview here on the Profit with Law podcast. I'm your host, Moshe Amsel, and today I have a treat for you. Let me tell you why this is a treat for you. I always start with, I have a treat for you. So, um, One of the things that's been happening is the marketplace of attorneys is becoming more aware of the value of delegation. And I know this because uh, finding staff and, and finding solutions to your staffing problems is the number one problem that's coming up in coaching calls, that's coming up in, uh, in my coaching groups, that's coming up in emails that we're getting. Uh, And it is a tough road to navigate because you have more and more options in front of you. And today we're going to talk about yet another option. But the problem is, is that when you're, when you're trying to figure out, should I bring somebody on? One of the biggest challenges that you have is, can I afford it? Can I, can I, can I, uh, can I actually wing this person's pay? And um, if you start with, Hey, I'm going to hire an attorney. Uh, that's taken off. That's that's biting a, a big bite in, into that sandwich. And what's going to end up happening is is that you probably need to forego a bunch of your income in order to pay this other person's salary. And then you have to step into that. What if you can hire at the bottom? What if you can start bringing on the lower level staff, get a bunch of things off your plate, become more efficient, maybe even start charging more for your time, and um, and then you step into those more expensive roles of paralegals and attorneys. And that's been the model that I have been encouraging my clients to follow. But when you start looking at those early hires and those support staff level positions, it becomes a minefield of what's available to you. So I'm excited because our guest today owns one of these companies, owns a company that will help you staff up in these situations where you're trying to grow. Maybe you're trying to hire your first staff members, or maybe you're trying to grow to that next level where you already have staff, but they're, they're taxed, they're at their maximum, and maybe they need support. And they need people that you're hiring to support them. Uh, And I can't wait to jump into this conversation. Valerie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's absolutely my pleasure. And I really appreciate you taking the time to have this conversation with me. Um, And we, I mean, we had a little brief conversation in the green room before we started. So I kind of got the idea and it's really fired me up for this conversation because I can see the possibilities for my listeners and I can't wait to share this with them. So before we do, they want to know who the heck is this person? We gave you a little bit of intro there, but uh, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you stepped into this business that you're running uh, and, and what it's meant for your clients. Yeah, thank you. No, that, that was a, a really good intro. Thank you for that. Um, so I started my career as a personal assistant and a chief of staff 
I had an opportunity to work with A-list celebrities and high net worth individuals. And I learned a lot of things from that role, um, particularly what I saw in very successful people is that all of them had one thing in common when it comes to personal and executive assistance support. They never had just one person doing the work. They always had two. So there was always a backup and a person with a different skill set on my teams. And so after years of uh, being in that industry, I was always passionate about entrepreneurs and about entrepreneurship itself. I always had a dream um, to be an entrepreneur. And so it felt like that perfect fit. I took my experience in that um, in that very particular niche and started uh, offering it to entrepreneurs and business owners, but modeled on what that service looks like for individuals that um, you know, that are at the top of their um, industries. And so it was a really, really interesting journey. And then working with entrepreneurs and seeing, right, so there was one piece of experience learning in real life uh, from, um, you know, from these really giants. Uh, but then the second piece has been learning from entrepreneurs, how they do their business, how they set up their systems, what they're struggling with. And between those two pieces, it's been amazing, the amount of information. And so we've continued, we've always been for entrepreneurs and knowledge workers, um, individuals who are um, owning their own companies. And then, uh, you know, from there, we've continued to layer on, um, you know, what we think is the best possible experience uh, for an individual um, to have when working with EAs and um, chief of staff type of uh, level support. Very, very interesting. So I want to jump right into the line of questioning here because uh, I know that people are going to be like wondering, um, you know, what, how, how to think about this and how to approach it. Uh, the first thing that I want to that I want to discuss is is how do how do you provide your services? Because I think that's the first thing that we need to understand in order to start to think about possibilities as we have our conversation um, because it's very unique. Uh, you know, it's very hard to be able to um, hire a piece of somebody. And I think that's exactly what you provide. So lay it out for us. How, how do you provide your, your staff to your clients? Um, and, and how is it built? Yeah, so um, I love how you said it, hire a piece of someone, I'm going to borrow that. Thank you. Um, so the way that we work is that what, what we know about entrepreneurs and um, uh, people who have their own business is that they spend anywhere from 30 to 60% of their time doing administrative work, whether they realize it or not. Um, and so most of those individuals, um, many times in the beginning of their business, but a lot of the time, even when they are five, six, 10, 15 years in, do not actually need a full-time person. And um, sometimes they need this team of individuals who are doing these micro specialized tasks. And so what we saw in the marketplace is that, yes, you can go to individuals and you can hire for a copywriter, you can hire for a designer, you can hire for um, somebody to write your newsletter, et cetera. And that all takes energy and ends up actually adding to the administrative burden, the hiring in itself. So what we do is that we pair entrepreneurs to a dedicated and on-demand executive assistant. That person, um, we look for 
is going to have the least amount of friction in terms of communication. So we kind of double down on personality and character match. And from there, that individual ends up being kind of your catch all for all of the other things that you might need, whether they're specialized. Um, and so you get paired to that person. We, um, that person um, does the majority of the work. And if they need the support, they have additional team members. Uh, we bill our clients by the hour and we keep our time track down to the second. So all of our clients, once they sign up with us, we have an app portal and they can see in real time who's working on what, how many minutes uh, that project is taking. And they also see their project management system where they see what are the upcoming tasks and projects that their, their team is working on and when those will be due. Very interesting. So, um, you know, as you laid it out, uh, I can potentially engage you for just an hour's work, right? Um, is there a minimum amount that I, that we need to be ready to to give you in order to start working with your company? Yes. So we have a very minimal minimum, which is five hours a month. So just a little bit over an hour a week. Um, and that's all. And so the, you know, we're designed um, to have consistency, even if you are handing off one small task that takes an hour, there is consistency, we are continuing uh, to stay in contact with you. And then we're designed to grow with you. So if you are then needing five hours a week, 20 hours a week, you might need to start needing 40 plus hours a week, the team is designed to grow with you um, and to add those additional hours, whether it's with the dedicated person and a lot of the time with the um with the additional team members that we have now what is um are you are you willing to share pricing with us here on the show oh yeah absolutely okay. um so what, we what is the 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 ea so when when i start right I, I i i reach out to you and i say hey i need an executive assistant um what is that cost per hour so we have three layers of support we have a partner level assistant a pro level and an admin at the partner level, it is a do it for you solution. It is when you are coming to us and you're saying, here, take this off of my hands. I have no idea how to do it. And I know that I need it done. And I want to trust you as the um, professional here to, um, you know, to to get this project completed. That's at the partner level. At the pro level, it is a do it with you solution. So this is where you have an idea of how you want this project or task to be completed. You explain it to us and then we run with it. So that's, we do it together. And then we have the admin level support. This is low intensity process fulfillment projects. So once something, we have a great SOP built for it, which by the way, when you are working with our assistants, everything that we do, we always build those SOPs in real time so that there is continuity, both for our internal team members, but also for you, uh, if you will ever need it. So those admin uh, level tasks uh, have been, the, the SOP has been created, it has been tested, and now it can run with the admin level assistant. So the idea is always for us to get projects um, into the hands of the individuals who are best suited um, to do them. And so at the uh, lowest uh, possible price point. Now, uh, what if I'm not up to projects and needing a team and all of that, and I simply just need somebody to answer my emails for me, I need somebody to just get some proposals out. Um, is that, which level is that at? Uh, what kind of person am I looking for? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. Uh, a lot of people have that question when getting started. So our onboarding process um, 
first of all, sometimes uh, entrepreneurs, business owners, they get stuck with this because they they think about this question, whether it's the level of service or just how do I get it started? And then this is where they uh, kind of stop the process. So with us, we do a deep dive into your specific needs, how you're currently working, um, how you would like to be working and your six month goals. We break that down uh, for you. So there is very minimal input from you. And we're able to kind of we then do the homework and create the roadmap for you. So it's a conversation. The truth is with email, it could be at our highest uh, level of delegation, or it could be at one of the lower levels of delegation. And it will depend on um, the kind of things that come through there um, and, um, and, 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 and the kind of work that, they, that the individual will need to be doing. But I just want you to know that all of the individuals that we bring on, when we look at, at their character, um, they will look very similar to what a chief operating officer would look like, right? Not necessarily with all of the experience at the lower levels, but character and personality-wise, how these people are going uh, about problem solving, they're really project managers. So that's just a little bit of kind of like extra in terms of how we bring on individuals to our teams. What are you using to screen them to be able to determine that? I imagine it's a personality test of some kind, right? Yeah. So, um, I have a second company, which is a, uh, which I'm working with, um, an individual who has spent 30 years creating this character assessment. And, uh, we've been extremely lucky with, uh, Chatterboss for this, uh, partnership. Um, this character assessment has been used in the, uh, Olympics. It has been used in fortune 500 companies for C-suite, uh, hiring. And we're using it for Chatterboss uh, to screen assistance, amongst other things that we do for screening, but for character in particular. And so we know very well the character of our assistants. And then clients, when they come in, we also have give them an opportunity to take this assessment. So we can pair you without doing it. But if you give us the opportunity, we will pair you using this um, sophisticated software. And then we know from both sides. And that's when I say, um, I know that I can make a match that is the least amount of friction as possible um, because and why I double down and over index on personality is because this role sometimes ends up being a catch all for everything you um, and it may be that you're giving this person things that are not in your competency and not in their competency, but you guys need to have good enough communication to be able to together know where uh, the you know where the projects um, need to go. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go back to somebody who's never hired somebody before they're running completely on their own. We'll, 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 we'll march down the road to somebody who has more specific needs. Um, uh, somebody in that role, they might not even know if they're ready, right? They just know they're overwhelmed. They know that they're spending way too much time in their business. They know that they're doing everything and they shouldn't be. So they're, they have the awareness of the problem, but they don't know how to get out of it. They don't know um, what are the tasks they should be delegating. Is that something that you help them figure out when they when they introduce themselves to Chatterboss? Is that uh, do you have some exercises you take them through to try to figure out what can we delegate? What can we help you take off your plate? And it, kind of like an action plan of of getting some of that stuff delegated and and taken and you know and, and transferred over. 
Yeah, absolutely. So we have a system of saying um, your input is your stressors and the things that you know about your business, um, the things that may you consciously know that you need to delegate and outsource. And then there might be some things that are causing stress, but not in the forefront of I know that I need to delegate and how I'm going to delegate it. So that's the way that we do the input from you. Then we process this information and we look at the priorities and we come up with a strategy together. So part of your onboarding is a strategy session with our um, with our team who act as delegation coaches. They've seen they've seen hundreds of uh, entrepreneurs and business owners go through this, and so that's what we do in that strategy session. What you get when you walk out of that strategy session is you will be very clear on the first one or two tasks that you will be handing off to your assistant. Um, you will know how to hand those tasks off to your assistant. And you will also, within a week after that conversation, have your six-month road plan. So um, we kind of, we take it step-by-step. Step. We don't want to, especially somebody that's overwhelmed, a lot of the times uh, they can come to us um, what I kind of consider, or they can could consider them in this like too late category. I'm stressed. I'm overwhelmed. I still don't know how to delegate it. Um, and so there is this kind of like chaotic uh, feeling for them. And sometimes those individuals, what they really want is to say, hi, finally, I'm ready to delegate, take all my stuff and fix it, make it better, put a bow on it. And so there, um, we always encourage individuals that are already in those stages. We still want to take it step by step. We still want to do it one project at a time. We want to take it very um very responsibly um, in order to make sure that that relationship um, is strong and has a solid foundation, and then we can build on top of it. So whether it's entrepreneurs, business owners that are in the early stages, kind of mid stages or later stages, um, we will um, will extract what we need from them and they can count on us for that. And one of the things that you shared that you do is you basically write internal SOPs for every single thing that's that's handed off to your team. So essentially once I've delegated a task, you can do it over and over again, even if I didn't say, oh, I'm gonna have to do this again a week from now. Uh, so the next time that I hand it to you, you just go back to your SOP and you have it. Is, does the client get visibility to those SOPs? Do they? Is this kind of a backdoor method for them to get their own SOPs written? Yes, uh, absolutely. Back door, front door, side door. Uh, this is the uh, the way for them to get SOPs created. The SOPs serve um, two purposes. One, it is almost like um, a contract between um, you and the assistant. So the assistant uh, is you are communicating with them your needs. The assistant then starts uh, imp implementing and executing. As they're implementing and executing, they're also writing this SOP. So as the client, you have the visibility um, and we encourage you to look at those uh, SOPs frequently, especially in the beginning. So you can take a look and this is your way to see is, is did my uh, assistant misunderstand something? Like if your assistant is doing something, sometimes it's not totally visible to you that they're maybe they're not doing it the way that you want, but they're doing it the way that they understood or the, the way that they see best. And so this is kind of your extra checks and balances to make sure that it's um, it's being done the way that you want or a conversation for brainstorming. Hey, I see we're doing it this way. Uh, let's do it another way. The second purpose of these SOPs is that um, you have a backup assistant. So for the dedicated person that you have, there's for every client, every assistant has a backup. 
The backup is there in case you, uh, your assistant is sick, they're away on vacation, something happens, life. Um, and so your backup assistant steps in on those days or weeks, sometimes months, whatever it is. And the way that they can do your work is that they're looking at your SOPs. So sometimes when the backup assistant needs to step in, this is also an opportunity, an extra stress test for those SOPs. So you know that they're up to date and their quality. Very interesting. Um, okay. So let's, let's talk about how somebody should navigate. I mean, these are, it's a service that we're paying for, right? So these are not, essentially, they're not my staff member. Um, you know, they're, they're somebody that I'm inputting into my team. How does that translate into the growth of a law firm? So, you know, what if I've, I've gotten to the point where it would be less expensive for me to hire a full-time staff member than to continue to pay for my EA with, with Chatterboss? Um, is there a potential to be able to hire my EA that's working for me at Chatterboss onto my team directly? Um, and if there isn't, what does the transition look like when I need to when I need to pull back because I'm now bringing somebody on in-house? Yep. So um, I love that you asked that question. Um, over the five years that we've been operating, um, this has come up a lot. My ultimate goal is to be able to perform for entrepreneurs and business owners with the highest level of integrity um, and uh, keep their businesses moving. And I want to um, release them from the bottlenecks instead of adding any extra ones. And so all of that is to say that um, yes, if you are having a good relationship with your assistant and you see that it is that one dedicated person that you need uh, more than usually, I think the math works after 25, 30 hours a week, you want to take them on internally. Uh, that is no problem. We have a clause uh, that allows you to do a, a buyout of your assistant. And if the assistant wants and you want to work together, um, yes, there's opportunity for that. And we will um, help uh, facilitate uh, that. And, you know, of course, all of the SOPs, everything else um, you have access to. But what's been interesting, this, is, this has happened to us a number of times. Um, and so what usually happens is the uh, assistant will go internally in that point and uh, they will keep their chatter boss relationship and they will get in. So it's usually actually that assistant now gets an assistant from Chatterboss and still has access to the rest of the team. And we'll usually keep uh, the assistant within our assistant network as well, because it's extremely valuable as assistants. You always there's new things coming out, new software, new questions. And so this is great. They have access to the rest of our team. Hey, guys, I'm stuck with this. Has anyone seen this? Is this website down? And then um, you kind of still have the benefit. And, and the assistant also still retains access to that virtual family, which is really important uh, for them as well. Now, where where are these people located? Are they are they in the U.S. outside the U.S. Are they all over the the country? Are they in in a call center? What what is the the model that you have as far as their working environment? Yep. So um, all of our um, um, assistants uh, at the partner and the pro level are um, are U.S. based. Actually, I have to say ninety eight percent because, and I'll explain to you why. So you you will have a U.S. based um, assistant definitely on your team, at least one of them, um, and so they're all over the U.S. Uh, 
any uh, state. Um, then usually at our admin level, um, we have uh, uh, an office in Cape Town, South Africa. That's where our admin level assistants are. And I'm kind of saying that there is this like small uh, opportunity as we've been operating now for five years, we've now have admins uh, that have graduated into the pro and even partner level. And so for, I still believe that your dedicated person um, should be in the same country that you're at. And that's the reason I say at least one member of your team um, will be in the U.S., but we now have these different combinations because we have individuals with uh, with really fantastic uh, kind of skill sets and they work for certain entrepreneurs. So you can kind of trust us that the assistants are vetted at each of those levels. Um, but yes, U.S. Uh, and South Africa. Yeah, and, and interesting that when you said that when you bring the EA on full time in house, um, if you if you exercise that option, that they tend to will to then get their own EA from from Chatterboss. I'm a big proponent of any of your staff members having a a assistant, uh, virtual assistant, uh, maybe not necessarily through Chatterboss, but through any of the various channels that you can get a VA. Uh, I think that it's extremely powerful to empower just a line member of your staff to offload the tasks that they don't need to be performing, that the, the ones that could be performed by somebody who is less expensive than they are uh, and constantly pushing the work down to uh, the lowest the, 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 the lowest cost denominator to get the work done. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. And I'm, you know, I, I imagine that even a, a larger firm could engage Chatterboss in that way, where we basically just use it to provide assistance to uh, all of our staff or, or all of our, you know, at least our attorneys and maybe even our paralegals uh, and things like that. So um, what are you seeing when it comes to, to law firms that are engaging with you? Uh, is there a specific size law firm that you attract a lot of? Uh, are you finding that th this is primarily the, the solo and small firms that are, that are using your services or is it primarily the large firms or it's kind of all over the place? I want to say that it's a healthy mix um, because you can find a use for us um if we're talking about uh, the smaller firms, uh, what they're really attracted to, they might not have uh, they might not have any other staff, right? So this ends up being uh, the first individual that they're that they're getting support from. Um, a lot of the times, it will then be if that's the case, then you'll have someone at the partner level. You guys end up uh, brainstorming with each other, just someone for accountability, just another person, right? So so uh, the smaller um, uh, companies companies uh, will use us in this kind of a way. Now, as they grow, um, uh, a lot of the uses end up being this access to this larger team. So sometimes, yes, you can um, you can afford to have a full-time person, but it still doesn't make sense. And so we'll always... Uh, you know, engage in that conversation with you. Um, sometimes it doesn't make sense because um, you don't want the one person to be a bottleneck because if this person holds so much. And so what happens is if they're out for a day, all of the operations uh, stop. So in that case, Sometimes people will cap out at 15 hours a week for their dedicated person, and then they fill in with smaller micro things from the rest of the team. So we have people use us at different uh, sizes for different things. Now, what about technology? Um, every law firm 
operates on something different. There's different practice management software, there's different intakes or CRM software. There is software for drafting documents. There's uh, legal research software. Um, there's email, there's phone. Uh, what systems does the, does the law firm need to provide to the assistant? Um, and, um, and, and it does, does your team use all of like one license for all of those things, uh, or do they need multiples, um, depending on what's going on? Yeah. So it's a good question. So in terms of software, we can plug into the software that you are um, using. It's kind of the name of the game in this industry. New software is coming out every single day. Um, And so um, it's interesting, right? When you'll come to us, part of the conversation is what software are you using? um, How are you using it, et cetera. Um, And then you know, it's, it's a, it's a really kind of um, delicate dance that we do in terms of like when we're doing the pairing, because that's one consideration, right? Um, What software you need, but also the experience. And if you allow us your character, so it's this trifecta. And so when we're looking at the software, um, the individual might not have experience with that for exact software, but we will say if it's CRM and bookkeeping that the individual has um, other software that they've used. Usually the, the learning curve is not high once an individual has one, two, three uh, pieces of software um, in that um, in that area. And then in terms of licensing um, and the um, getting access to the software, um, depending on what your uh, software license is, you may be able to have one login for multiple um, individuals. So if you as as an organization are using one login for three people within your organization, and that's how that login works, then that's great. You could do the same uh, with the assistant. So the idea is that you can treat these team members the way that you would um, an internal team member. Got it. Um, and can you give me some examples of what are the types of things that that law firm owners or or or, or staff members are using uh, your assistance? What are the kinds of of tasks and projects that are being handed to your to your team? Yep. So um, really popular are things um, like project management, um, having the individual in their email, um, their calendar and scheduling. A lot of those usually, those three usually kind of live together because if I have access to the email, I kind of have access to your to-do list or I'm getting a sense for it. Um, So those are uh, three that it's really nice to group together. Um, A lot of uh, attorneys will, um, well, I shouldn't say a lot, right? Some like to write their own newsletters and uh, create their own content. Um, But most will have one piece of content that they enjoy doing. Um, So let's say for you, it is uh, you enjoy doing the podcast, but you really wouldn't enjoy writing a newsletter. You can have an assistant take the podcast and repurpose it into a newsletter. They can repurpose it into videos. They can also cut it down and use it for social media. Um, So those kind of things, uh, CRM, Um, you'll also have uh, service-based entrepreneurs and business owners who can use an executive assistant from Chatterboss um, in a client success role. So that also ties into the email, but, um, and the project management, but if you, you can have that individual interact with your clients, uh, set timelines, uh, work with the billing, make sure that the person is taken care of and gets fast responses while they wait um, for the attorney to to do the work. 
Now you mentioned bookkeeping before. Um, is it common for to hand off bookkeeping um, duties to to your assistants? And are they already trained? Like, are they trained with as bookkeepers, or is it something that kind of like the stuff that you would be doing internally, and your bookkeeper still is doing what the bookkeeper does? But you know, maybe you're generating invoices, and that's not something that you typically have your outsourced bookkeeper do. So you have your assistant do it. How how does that play out? And I'm 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 intrigued also because you know I own an accounting firm and I, we provide bookkeeping services. Um, so that that got my attention when when you mentioned that. Yeah. So for the bookkeeping, um, those will for the most part be specialists. However, um, not necessarily. Um, they don't necessarily have to be um, specialists. So I'll explain. If you have um, things uh, like pay my pay this particular invoice or when I forward you this and you have access to my credit card, you take care of the payment, book a room, et cetera. Um, you can have your assistant do that. That ne extra next layer is you can have an assistant and these will be specialists who have a background in um, some type of accounting or bookkeeping. They could be in your QuickBooks. Uh, they could be in your P&Ls. Um, so depending on the structure, um, you can have, like, let's say you have your PL built out, not much changes. You're pretty finance savvy, but you need things um, uh, uploaded from QuickBooks every month into the PL. You can have an assistant um, do that and take care of it for you. And so um, there's there's a number of uh, of different um, there's a number of different things, and that kind of support has been growing. So you know, I'm, I'm sure that you, you have noticed the trend. Um, that kind of support has been uh, growing. So we have about um, I want to say five or six members of the team now that will be savvy with bookkeeping. Sometimes um, it is a executive assistant that has a background in bookkeeping and that works really nice. Now they will not be, you know, a tax specialist, um, but it will be good enough for you guys to do all of the day-to-day. -day. And now there might be some more advanced things that you need to go to your CPA, et cetera on. Um, but but you may work really well with your assistant, especially because you and the assistant, you're interacting um, very often. So if there's like, hey, how do we code this? Is this something new? Um, we're going over our budget. We, we have uh, our, our assistants do that for some clients. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that, I mean, it's imperative for somebody to keep their books up to date because um, you need to, there's, there's certain things you need operationally. Like you need to know how are we doing? You know, if we have a target that we're trying to reach, are we on target for that? Uh, you know, our expenses running a little hotter than we than we anticipated. Uh, and where do we need to try to back off of something? Um, also, uh, if you have accounts receivable, which I'm I'm not a fan of, you know, I, I think that uh, that's behavior and you can you can actually overcome that, especially with law firms where you have retainers. Uh, or if, if you're using alternative fee arrangements, they pay in advance for services. So uh, you really shouldn't have AR. But if you do, uh, then you don't know what your accounts receivable is if you're not entering payments into the system, if you don't know what was paid and what wasn't paid. So uh, you can't possibly collect on invoices if you don't know that they're outstanding. Uh, so it's, it, you know, operationally and from a, a uh, owner decision-making level, it's extremely important to have the books up to date uh, regardless of tax questions and things like that. Um, so yeah, there's definitely, definitely value there. Uh, now, one of the things that you mentioned is project-based work. 
Um, what kind of projects are you seeing law firms do uh, that you're you're putting into this project category? So in terms of project management, um, let's say you have other individuals on your team, you have other uh, vendors, maybe you have other um, attorneys already on your team, um, depending on how as an organization you're dividing up the work, um, most individuals will have a project management system, uh, but sometimes as the founder or the CEO, the individual either doesn't like to or doesn't have the time to be on top of it. And so, you know, a lot of like the angst that like we will experience from um, from from business owners is that, hey, we've been as a company talking about this for three months, I don't know, implementing this new system and kind of no one owns it. We don't know who's still supposed to be doing it. We talk about it in our monthly catch up and it's still not done. Those kind of things is where if you have an assistant participate in those conversations, be in those project management systems and then do the follow-ups like, hey guys, we have this um, you know, monthly catch up and someone actually kept an agenda and then did the follow-ups throughout the month, you have a higher chance of coming to your next meeting with some actionable items that you guys uh, can improve and uh, continue moving the needle forward in your business by implementing these new um, new new processes. And kind of same with clients, and that bleeds into the client success role. Um, you can have it in your project management system, what you owe to clients, uh, et cetera. And so sometimes if the the members of your team aren't looking there, you may miss a deadline. So this is your extra uh, kind of insurance and an assistant comes in and says like, hey, um, we're, we owe this, I don't know, contract to the client by tomorrow. Do we need to communicate that we need more time? Um, so that, you know, just as like a, a client of, uh, of, of legal services, that's where I've kind of um, struggled with a lot is that I know that, um, individuals are busy and I so respect the work. And if someone proactively tells me like, Hey, we promised Friday, but it's actually now going to be next Tuesday. I'm not stressed. Take it easy. Take your time. But if it's Monday and it was supposed to be Friday, I'm like, okay, now I am as the client project management managing. And so that's the role that we want to, um, um, fill in for clients if it's appropriate within their business. Very, very interesting. Um, to get to get visibility into this into this the, you know what people are doing and how they're using it um, and and when we talk about it it starts to trigger ideas you know so our listeners are, some of them are like oh I can really use it to do this and and do that like maybe I always wanted to have some sort of gift fulfillment that I did for my client list um, you know I never got around to it but now I can hand it off to somebody and and you know and get it done they can do the research they can find the vendor you know and gather the client list and upload it there and maybe I'm sending out birthday postcards or something else like that um, and you know and I can I can hand that off uh, or what about uh, marketing efforts right um, I, I you know I want to I want to reach out to to people and potentially uh, get new referral partners and I'll go and have lunch with them. But going and finding those people and get, you know, doing the initial outreach and setting that lunch date is something that I just never get around to. Well, now I can hand that off to my assistant. They can do the research. They can find the people. They can, they can talk to their assistants or to them directly if they don't have one. Um, and then they can, they can set that appointment um, and, and, and get me and just put me right into that. It's kind of like what, with my podcast, you know, I showed up to this interview and I had never heard of you before, right? And my team reached out to you because they're constantly looking for new guests. Um, and, you know, and they set it up. 
So uh, I just I just show up. And I think that that's really where we want to try to get to, um, you know, and, and it, it goes with everything. I mean, like I was thinking about, you know, if you travel a lot, uh, you know, having your assistant make your travel arrangements. I mean, I when I do that right now personally because uh, I have three little kids at home and and mm-hmm. and it's always like a, a juggle, not just the cost of the flight, but like what time of day am I leaving? Uh, you know, it, it makes a difference if it's if if the flight is at nine a.m. I have to leave before the kids get off to school. That's more, you know, I get more into more trouble with my wife than if I leave at one in the afternoon and I can leave after the kids get off to school. So, uh, you know, but being able to hand that off that, you know, it's a huge time consumption thing for me to book my own travel, Uh, being able to hand that off to an assistant, having them take care of that for me, if I could just figure out how to give them the parameters to make the right decisions about, you know, when and, and how and what what airline and where I like to sit and all that stuff. But if you really think about it, uh, you can come up with that. And I guess uh, that goes back to this SOP process where I guess your assistants will extract that from me, right? I tell them, look, I want you to start booking my travel. What do you need to know? And then you'll work through that and write that SOP instead of meaning to sit there and figure it out. Cause I could see that being an impediment to me actually handing something off. Yeah, absolutely. It all, um, it all happens uh, step by step. So it's kind of, it's not this uh, daunting task that many entrepreneurs uh, believe it is that I first have to figure it all out myself and I have to train everybody for every hypothetical situation and only then I can get support. That's why our um, theory that it is best to start with one or two very clear and small tasks. And over time, you're going to train your person um, or the team, right? And so that also eliminates, well, what if I spend six months training my person and then that's, you know, something happens, they go on maternity leave, like what then, right? It's like literally six months of waste. And so that's when the um, SOPs and the the backup assistance um, support comes in. But it's also, I wanted to mention, right, um, because we've talked about the different levels of support and we've talked about internal specialists, uh, but then um, to the two things that you mentioned in terms of gifts and travel, for example, um, for example, we have an, a person on our team um, that will uh, do stationary by hand, um, and that is that's their specialty. So we've already have a, a, a vetted partner for that. So if you say that, we can plug them in very quickly. Um, in terms of travel, yes, your assistants can do the travel. But in addition, uh, we have an internal uh, team member uh, who we partner with who has a, a travel agency and they have special benefits. So there could be things that are coming up that your assistant can't do or something needs to happen, then they plug in. So it's kind of like a, a full uh, system um, of support. And when you take it to the next level, when you mentioned about marketing, um, the examples that you gave exactly is a good case use of working with an assistant. But if you say, I need overall marketing strategy, I actually do not know if I need a podcast. Um, in that case, uh, we may say to you, you know what? Um, there are cases where we need to look for an individual that's very specialized that we don't have a contact with, and we will look for, for that person for you. So maybe we'll look for that uh, marketing um, individual to, to, to do that work for you, give us the guidelines of how to execute. And then we know that we're actually reaching out to the right podcast guests, not kind of guessing in the dark. So we'll also um, always uh, guide you in that direction um, if, if we uh, see that. Um, but then 
Lastly, we do have a vendor list of all individuals that we've worked with that um, the assistants have rated well. So if you need a podcast, now you've decided to do the podcast, you need a podcast editor. We have a bunch of people that we've worked with on Upwork that are going to be good and we know um, their price. If you need an animated video, we know um, individuals who have been used by other uh, entrepreneurs and they've given us a good feedback. And so it kind of just cuts down the time and also the risk that you're not going to go with the right vendor. Yeah. And, and I imagine that I can hand off the job of finding that person and engaging them to the assistant, right? Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that's part of, part of the, the hassle in, in, in getting these gig workers for all these different projects is needing to go out and put the post on Upwork and, and needing to vet through a bunch of people and reading what they've done and reading the reviews and figuring out which is, you know, like, I shouldn't be wasting my time with that. But I've got, I've got an assistant who's going to just go and do that. And if you already have the research done, then great. I'm not paying for that time over again, but still I shouldn't be doing it. I should be handing that off to somebody else. Yes, that's exactly right. Awesome. So we talked about technology. We talked about integrating my technology into Chatterboss. Uh, is there any systems that you, that you try to get your clients to adopt um, in the process of um, of onboarding them. So maybe they don't have a project management system. Do you have certain systems that you have a preference to that you're like, wait, you don't have this. You should use this because all of our people know it. So, um, we will, uh, as part of our tech stack, um, you get access to one password to share your password in a, uh, safe way. Um, so that is also where your additional team members as they come on, will have access. So, you know, um, that those are, uh, being kept safe. Um, now some individuals want have their own last pass or their own one password. No problem. We could use that. But if you don't have a password keeper at the very minimal, um, we will give you one, um, with the project management system, um, we give access access to our clients to a monday.com board for project management. That is what you see in the app in real time in terms of you have access to it. You can even go in and um, edit and interact with your assistant there. Um, That is usually um, kind of a gateway for clients if they've never used the project management system to start interacting with one. And then afterwards, they might, you know, they might get comfort level and they want to use monday.com. That's great. Um, You know, with that said, there's so many different um, systems, but a lot of the times that just happens just by osmosis of of interacting with some of the software. Um, But those would be kind of the only two. And we give you access to a time tracker. And I know that you mentioned that um, this is not um, kind of probably applicable or, you know, maybe um, for attorneys, but we have a time tracker um, that we use so that you can see ours. And again, sometimes people see that, oh, this is how you use it. And then we like it as well. Um, you know, Google site. What you, what's, what's the time tracker that you use? We use time camp. Okay. I never heard of it. Yeah. Um, I, I look, I, I think that, and I don't know how you use the time tracker, but I think that it's important for somebody to every once in a while assess where they're spending their time, even if they're not doing it every day. Uh, because how else do you identify where are the places that I could hand something off to somebody else? Where, you know, where could I become more efficient? Uh, so tracking my time and then looking not just at what I'm spending my time in totality on, 
but how am I jumping from task to task? And mm-hmm. because that's really where the, the we become highly inefficient is when I spend five minutes on email and then I spend five minutes on drafting a document that's going to take me an hour. And then I jump back to email for five minutes. I go back to the document. Had I just focused on the document, I could have knocked it out in 25 minutes, but instead it took me an hour because every five minutes I was in my email again. Um, so identifying that really helps to identify the fact that, oh, I need somebody to be on top of my email so that I don't need to be the one checking it. So here, hand it off or create a system around only checking it a few times a day. Um, but I love having somebody else in in, in the inbox. Um, I mean, I personally, I, so many emails get missed and then people are upset with you, uh, you know, because you missed their email, I get so much junk and, and it's not, it's, it's junk that I want, you know, like it's, it's, I want to get that newsletter or that marketing piece. I never read it, but I want to have it in case there's something that catches my attention and I, you know, I want to look at it, but then everything else gets lost in, in, you know, in the process. Uh, so really having somebody stay on top of that, I could see as, as a huge value add. And I could, you know, make a, a recommendations. Perhaps you already do that. Um, but one of the things that works for our uh, entrepreneurs is that um, there, yes, when we're in the inbox, we find that there are some newsletters or some content that the entrepreneur is attached to receiving and oftentimes doesn't uh, necessarily interact with. And it creates an opportunity for things to be missed. And so um, if, you guys haven't started using filters in your inbox. It's a great way, not saying unsubscribe from this piece of content, but move it into a different inbox and then potentially, you know, uh, couple that up with time blocking every Saturday when I'm drinking my coffee, I'm going to look at this newsletter. Maybe you will, maybe you won't, but (laughs) you know that it's organized there. It's for you there. And it is not in the way um, of of the other things. So those are some of the strategies um, that the assistants may um, offer um, to the clients and that you can also implement um, yourself, but you probably should have someone implement yeah, so so one of the things that I use, I use a tool called Sanebox. I don't know if you mm-hmm. heard of it, but yes. uh, Sanebox does filtering for me automatically. So I didn't have to sit there and set up the filters and it kind of mm-hmm. like just makes its own decisions. And then if something is somewhere where I don't want it, all I do is literally move it. And then the second I move it, it trains it and it sets a rule uh, to move it there. So I love Sanebox. It's very inexpensive. Um, I, I don't have an affiliate link for it, but uh, just go to Sanebox and check it out. It, it, it's, it, it's been a game changer for me for managing my email. Uh, One of the things that in my pipe dream, I would have my assistant do uh, is to go into the newsletters I'm interested in. And then to give me like a bulleted bullet point list of, Hey, here's what you missed yesterday. These emails came in an email came in from here. And this was what it, what it talked about. An email came in from here. This is what it talked, talked about. And in like two seconds, I can just breeze through it and say, wait, this looks important to me. Let me, you know, find that email uh, and bring it to my attention. I want to, I want to dive into that a little further or, you know, this one mentioned a training or a webinar that's happening. I think that's a great topic. I want to do the same thing. Get me that person, you know, like that's the kind of thing that I'd be looking, looking at and looking for in those emails. I want to see what other people are doing. I want to see what's being talked about in the industry. Um, I want to see what marketing ideas are coming my way. Uh, There are certain vendors that I follow that like, social media marketing world, digital marketer, where they're like people who I look up to for marketing ideas and things like that. And I don't have time to stay on top of every last thing that they're trying to sell me or send my way. But sometimes there's something that's really interesting and I I don't want to miss that. Uh, So having somebody filter those and take all the fluff out 
and just tell me here's what you know here's what this was about there's a workshop coming up and it's this topic and it's 297 um you know half the time i realize and it's like four weeks have gone by since they started emailing me about it and its price has gone up four times and now i realize that they have this thing that i want to attend and i could have bought it for 197 and now i'm paying 997 because i just didn't realize it was there uh so that's the kind of stuff that i think you know in an ideal world i would have somebody be doing uh to try and help me uh prevent for, prevent me from missing stuff that i really did want to see yeah and you know in the beginning we'll have um when we are getting started with our email management um kind of relationship it could be as much as hey similar to what you're doing with saying box but now with a person um because certain things require a person you'll say, hey, do this for me, put this in this board, put this in the ideas for podcasts, put this to here. And then that's how that um, SOP ends up getting generated. And then um, going forward, it could just be, um, you know, pulses in a board. And then the, the individual then starts to know, then they might even go as far as to take action. And so kind of all of that um, takes time to cultivate that kind of a relationship. Um, but absolutely you could get from like idea to like actual execution and, and having that individual that's managing do that execution for you. So uh, this is all, it's all really interesting. I realized that when you laid out the different categories, I don't think you actually shared the dollar amount. So I just oh, want to review that with you real quick because I asked about the pricing and there sorry. are people who are like, wait a second, you didn't give us any pricing. Um, I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe, no, maybe you shared it and I, you know, and I just, did, no, 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 I think you're right. Did, I, I so. get excited about the concept. Um, and then thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share. At the partner and at the specialist rate, um, level, it is $50 an hour. At the pro level, it is $35 an hour. And at the admin, uh, at the admin level, which is the uh, low intensity process fulfillment, that is $25 an hour. So uh, again, if I if I go back to hey, I just I need a general executive assistant who's going to be in my email, who's going to handle my calendar, who's going to be in tune. Maybe I'm going to start handing off projects to. Uh, I don't know. You know, we kind of need to explore that. Which level is that? Is that the thirty-five dollar an hour level, or is that the fifty dollar an hour level? It so um, here's what we know you can hand things off at the partner or at the pro level um, that is ultimately your choice when we take you through that onboarding strategy session we will give you our recommendations based on what we are seeing could be involved in those tasks and what we are getting an indicator from in terms of your um, best way of delegating. But ultimately, if you say, if we say, look, we think that this is partner level and you say, I really want a pro, no problem. This is how you delegate to a pro versus this is how you delegate out to a partner. Um, and so you can expect more handholding at the pro level than at the partner level. But there are some projects that are you wouldn't have to tailor the way that you work. They're exactly right for the pro and, and even at the admin. Um, so we don't just look at the, it's hard to answer. I'm not um, kind of trying to avoid it. It's just that um, we also look at your first six months of tasks. So email um, may easily fall into either partner or pro. It's one of those categories. But if we see in the first six months, 
uh, 75% lies with partner level support. We'll give you a part, we will su suggest the partner level assistant first. But if we don't, we see that only one or two things need a partner and the rest is pro, then we'll start with a pro and maybe add a specialist as needed. So it will be really, really customized. But the answer is if you are having a particular um, budget, yes, we, we will set your expectations of what you um, can expect. and you can choose to work with a pro assistant um, if that is your preference. Yeah, I mean, we so I, it's no secret. I told you in the in the green room that we partner with a company called Get Staffed Up. We promote them regularly and that they only do full time VAs, right? So you have to get a 40 hour a week person. There's no ifs, ands or buts. And they're not they're not US based. Um, they are, you know, they're, they're fluent in English, they're well educated people, they're usually in your time zone, because they go to South America, stuff like that. Um, it is a wonderful service and fills a need. But there are people who maybe don't need to commit to full time, or maybe they want somebody US based, uh, or maybe they want access to more of a team like you have with the backups and things like that. And we're with get theft, get staffed up, they're just getting one person. So when I start looking at the solutions and I say, well, a get staffed up person costs $18.50 a month, and I start to divide that by $50 an hour, um, that's 37 hours, divide that by four weeks. You know, that's basically when I'm once I hit 10 hours a week with my $50 an hour EA, it might already start to make sense for me to consider do I do I want to opt now for a full timer from get staffed up and get 40 hours a week instead of 10 hours a week. Um, and clearly there's, there, there, there may be a quality difference, right? There may be, you know, there may, there, it may be that the $50 an hour person is a significantly higher caliber than what I would get with get staffed up, but that's how, so I'm, I'm an accountant and I'm a, you know, I'm a numbers guy and that's how my mind works. So I start to immediately say, okay, like if I'm going to push my podcast listeners to check this out, it's a no brainer if you're under 10 hours a week of work. Mm. Right. And because you're you're going to come out ahead. So you may as well get help if it means that you're going to save money, you know, not having to have to go to this full time option, then definitely do that. Start here. If you're already thinking that you need a full time person, then maybe it's cheaper to start with somebody from Get Staffed Up and then use the, the Chatterboss services as a add on to that once that person starts to uh, starts to have their plate be full. Uh, or if you are completely lost with how to delegate, completely lost with what to give the person, you need direction, you need somebody to write SOPs for you, then maybe maybe engage Chatterboss. Let them let them you know work with you to the legwork um, you know and take it from there. We talked about having a buyout clause in there. Uh, are you able to share like approximately what the salary level is? If I were to buy somebody out and hire them, um, you know, what, what salary range am I looking at to bring them in house? Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting, um, because, and I never expected this, um, as a business owner, um, but actually a lot of our assistants, um, they love this business model as much as the clients. And so, um, Sometimes um, it's happened that um, if you um, that that the assistant is um, wanting 
actually a higher um, rate than they would be getting through Chatterboss if they go for the um, to work directly for the entrepreneur. So that's right. interesting and important um, because it's a lot more pressure, um, especially if they don't have access anymore to Chatterboss. They don't have access to the backup. They feel they can't take as much of a day off, right? Or if they go for four hours somewhere, they know that they're covered because there's a backup. So, mm-hmm. um, so that ends up, I will say, um, maybe a 20 to 25% increase over what they are getting um, paid through Chatterboss is what they would uh, want um, if they're working directly for the um, for the entrepreneur. And, you know, it's different in every case and, and we'll have the, and, you know, sometimes if the entrepreneur wants to have that conversation, that's great. If you guys want, um, you know, Chatterboss to participate in that conversation is great. One of our core values is transparency. And so for that reason, right, well, we, we've kind of put all of our cards on the table and then the, you know, the entrepreneur, you know, both for the entrepreneur and for the assistant. And then we've, we've been able to come to really good solutions for both parties and where there's mutual understanding what the other needs. And so that's been very nice. Um, so, but that's how it, it usually works. But for the entrepreneur, they're definitely, they're, they're, it is, um, it ends up being less than what they pay through Chatterboss um, ultimately, okay. right? Yeah, I have I have two quick more quick questions. We're really out of time, so I want to I want to wrap up the interview. But uh, these these questions uh, have come up in the past with my own uh, virtual staff as well as uh, clients of mine, and uh, we, they don't even think about asking these questions up front. But um, the first thing is is do you have like your I I assume that your assistants are full time. They're on W two you know payroll and stuff like that. Um, do they get sick and vacation pay? Do they get maternity leave? Do they get, uh, do they get those kind of benefits and how does that play out for, for the, the owner? And I think I know the answer to your, to the question is, well, we have a backup. So, uh, but I just want to double check, uh, with you on that. Um, and then the other question, I'll just lead with both questions and then let you answer them both. The other question is around bonuses and, and financial incentives. So uh, I'm a big proponent of giving staff financial incentives to to hit metrics. To you know, if we focus on on a goal and and we you know we focus on these metrics, we can hit it. Uh, and then I want to reward my staff for it. Um, how easy or difficult is it for me to provide my assistant a bonus? Um, and, and, and does that have to be shared with the backup in some way? And, and how do you deal with that? Yeah. So it's a great question. So actually all of the assistants are 1099 contractors. Um, and so, um, the way that, um, the way that they work is that they're, they choose the client. So that's, it's the, this is the other part where our pairing is uh, super important. So it is the assistant choosing you and is you using, you choosing them. Um, and ultimately our success has been that, um, that, that mutually beneficial relationship that both of the individuals have where the assistant, um, because they love working with you, um, are executing and are there, et cetera. And uh, in terms of the backup, we do have a full-time staff that serve as backup. So these assistants as contractors have the flexibility to do their life the way that they want, but you as a business owner have access to employees that are full-time at their desk at all times that, um, that can step in. And that's how we're actually able to 
offer a response within an hour, usually within minutes, if you guys are um, using our app and our other um, means of communication where the backup is monitoring, uh, because we're there um, and we can take over. So it kind it, it provides a mutual benefit um, on both sides. As as uh, as far as as bonuses, if you have a as a client, if you're having a great experience with your assistant and you choose to pay them, um, you know, an incentive or a bonus that is, uh, you know, a hundred percent up to you as the client. And yes, you're able to um, arrange that. And if there is anything that Chatterboss you're needing from us in order to facilitate that. Yes, we can. Or some individuals choose to do that directly. So we've kind of had it um, both ways. Yeah. I mean, the only problem with doing it directly is if it's in excess of $600, now you need to 1099 them potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so it adds an extra layer of, of paperwork, yeah. um, you know, and, and you already have a setup or a means of collecting money from me and you already have a setup or a means to pay them. So, uh, you know, I could see it being easier to just tell you, hey, I want to pay pay her a thousand dollar bonus, um, you know, charge me a thousand dollars more on my next, you know, my next uh, invoice. Uh, I just don't know if you charge a premium for that or not. Um, I know that that some staffing agencies that we've worked with do um, never that never never sat perfectly right with me, uh, especially based on how you know how much some of them charge to do that. Um, but some some places it's easier than others to send money to somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it really depends on you know uh, on, on what it is. But that's what I wanted to to explore with you. It sounds like it sounds like it's a simple process. Yeah, we, we would work, um, you know, one of the things that our clients have access to is unlimited access to their client success team. So in addition to the assistant, they have a client success person that um, is there if you need additional brainstorming strategy, some hiccups are happening, you want additional team members. Um, so if, if there is uh, something that's like unique and, um, you know, specialized like that, you, you, you know, we would work that through um, our client success team. Awesome. This has been a great conversation and uh, really a unique uh, concept. I mean, it's not so unique, but it's a unique concept in, in, in the way that you have all of the, the backups, the team members and the specialists and all of that. So uh, it, it's almost like, uh, you know, the Swiss Army knife for, for team building uh, in, you know, in your business. And uh, I, I really like the model and I like it for, especially for uh, somebody who's just, I'm not ready yet, right? I'm not ready to hire somebody. I'm not ready to move forward. Uh, it's a big commitment. This is not a big commitment. This is $50 an hour, $35 an hour. This is just get your feet wet, start with five hours a week, start with five hours a month, start with, you know, two, three hours a week. Uh, and, you know, and, and just see what you can get off your plate and see how that changes your life. Um, because one of the biggest uh, things that we don't look at is, is the opportunity cost of not handing this stuff off to somebody else. What could you have been busy with that would have been more valuable than the, the task you just handed off to somebody else? And you start looking at that where I could have brought in a new client that, that, that could have been $10,000. And I, I, I gave up on that to save 50 bucks, you know, and that's really where we need to start looking 
uh, in this conversation. And this is a great way to kind of like dip your toe in the water, get your feet wet, you know, try working with somebody, try, you know, try uh, going through this process. It'll also give you some interview skills. It'll give you some personality assessment skills. Uh, you'll start to realize what it's like to work with other people if you haven't had anybody work for you before. Uh, so it's really a great way to, to start team building or to enhance your team building as you go. Uh, I love the concept. Um, so tell us how, uh, how we can take the next step with you. Uh, if we want to get started, I think it sounds from the interview, like it starts with some sort of consultation. Um, and also if you can just share like one, uh, final tip with our audience, that's like your, your top tip, uh, from your area of expertise that they can use, uh, to make their world better, uh, moving forward. Wow. Um, so in terms of getting started, um, I know that with this podcast, you'll put uh, a link um, to uh, to have access to the Chatterboss website. Um, and through the link and through this podcast, listeners have access to a 10% discount to um a 10% discount to the onboarding fee, as well as a 10% discount on our advanced pairing. Um, and if you guys need the URL, it is profitwithlaw.com slash chatterboss. Um, and that's where you're able to schedule the consultation. Um, in terms of top tip, wow. Um, you know, uh, I guess, you know, we've said a lot in this conversation, right, in terms of uh, working with others. And I would say, my top tip for delegating um, is hire right. And if you don't know how to hire right, do not make that triage hire, right? Um, work with uh, work with an agency that can help get you the right individual. Um, but the theme for me um, over the last few years has been trust, right? Then trust that that individual that you have um, is going to help take your business um, to the next level. I think that, as you mentioned, delegating, it is like a muscle. Um, you need to start somewhere. And so that is the reason why we have this model. It gives opportunity to individuals, even if it's something trivial for one hour a week, just to continue delegating out. Um, but you know what? With seeing hundreds of entrepreneurs uh, delegate, I, you know, People have a way, uh, as long as the pairing is right, um, people have a way of living into their into the expectations of others. Um, and so if you start that relationship from, I'm excited and I trust you, and um, you just get a much stronger result from, I am skeptical and I'm not sure. And, you know, that's where sometimes we go into micromanaging um, territory. So I... You know, that that's my, um, you know, my biggest lesson. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Valerie. This has been amazing. Uh, folks, uh, you know, we <laughs> this was a long episode, but we bring that we bring the best to you uh, right here on the Profit with Love podcast. Uh, it's Valerie. It's just been uh, it's been a great conversation, and uh, definitely want to continue the conversation offline with you uh, because uh, I think there's a, there's a lot of opportunity for us internally to try your your service out uh, and then be able to talk about it from our own perspective. So uh, we will definitely uh, take a look at that, uh, folks. 
Uh, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, make sure to hit that subscribe button so that you get notified every time we release a new episode. And uh, we would love it if you gave us a rating and review. We're here every Tuesday and Thursday. So just come check us back out on Tuesday. Take care. We'll see you soon. Have you been enjoying the show? We sure hope so. To make sure you never miss an episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button in your podcast player app. Next week, we will be back with more valuable resources and ideas on how to break the mold and take your law firm to the next level.